This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. I got a question for you on Chase Claypool. We'll get to in our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill. The two-minute drill. All right, let's start there. Chase Claypool, he caught five passes. I don't think they were um, necessarily – they're a couple downfield. I think they can find different ways to use him. I'm going to reserve judgment, as I have said. I wanted to ask you about the play where he fumbled and then was injured. I saw the play as it happened and watched it on television in, in the press box, and it appeared to me like he was grimacing before he fumbled, and then the ball was dislodged. Patrick Manley, who doesn't throw around you know things lightly, and he's the, mo- he's the most tenured bear ever, he said on the postgame on 670, the score suggested, wondered aloud whether or not Chase Claypool's injury was exacerbated by the fact that he fumbled. And then maybe it was exaggerated a tad because he had had a takeaway and one was connected to the other. He did return to the game, so I didn't know quite how to answer that when it was posed to me on the morning show, on the Molly Haw show on Monday morning. What do you think about that? Was there any conversation about Chase Claypool's health and injury being related to the fumble? No, there was no conversation on that. I have a hard time. Uh, levying that level of accusation against a guy without more of a track record of knowing. Uh, I, I do know that, you know, there's some worry from, from folks that were close to the Steelers organization, people that know that program very well, that, that Claypool may have some diva qualities. I haven't seen any of it since he's gotten here. It's only been a, a little more than a month now, I think. And, and, and so uh, we'll keep tabs on it. I, I, I you know, I, that seems harsh. And it seems particularly harsh, as you mentioned, from Patrick Manley, who's not a, a an extreme take artist by any stretch of the imagination, one of the most reasoned voices and, yes. and, and articulate and, and intelligent intelligent football analysts that, that we have around. I actually have him on a, a, a list of, of guys to get on this, this program at some point to talk about a lot of different topics, but uh, interesting, interesting. He's probably uh, also seen his share of guys, yeah. you know, milking injuries. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to dismiss it either because nobody has seen more Bears football up close and personal than Patrick Manley. From the jury box, I'm just sitting here and saying, give me more evidence before I before I have to go into the, the deliberation room. Okay, let me ask you about Alex Leatherwood. Ten snaps. Tom Thayer went through those ten snaps this <laughs> morning on the Mullion Haw Show like he had committed them to memory. Actually, and even Matt Eberflus mentioned this, they were ten pretty good snaps, Dan. In the final four games, I guess we are wondering, a lot of people curious about whether or not even the Riley Reef is a dependable right tackle. Will we see more of Alex Leatherwood because he does represent the future? We will see more of Alex Leatherwood. Matty Rufloos said on Monday afternoon that at the very least on a rotational basis, they're going to keep mixing Alex Leatherwood in. I understand the hesitance to give him a full-time role at this point just because of what we've talked about all year long about prioritizing Justin's development and making sure you've got the best five in front of him and making sure that he's able to continue his growth. Uh, But obviously they saw enough to keep him in this rotational role going forward. They're going to face some really good defenses coming out of the bye with the Eagles and the Bills uh, to, to close up 2020. 
2022 calendar year. And so, uh, look, there's going to be some tests ahead for this group. And, and Alex Leatherwood's going to have to take a few tests of his own and we'll continue to assess. And hopefully we have more than 10 snaps when we get to uh, locker cleanout day in the middle of January. Jalen Johnson before taking off for the week <laughs> that uh, the Bears players have the week off uh, because of the CBA and they don't play again till they uh, till the Eagles game and they'll reconvene next week, Dan. But Jalen Johnson was uh, kind enough to take some time to stop by, talk to reporters at Hallis Hall. You were there. Very interesting session with Jalen Johnson. Yeah, we covered a lot of ground with Jalen, which you usually do. And, you know, we talked on this podcast last month about how uh, he's become one of my favorite guys in this locker room because he's very forthright. He's engaged. He's really direct. He's an expert in real talk. And it's why I voted him last year as my 2021 Jeff Dickerson, good guy award winner, and he will be a nominee in 2022. I promise you that. Uh, but the, the, the fact that he can be so forthright and forward with how he feels about his team, how he feels about his own play, it's really refreshing. And, it, and, and one of the topics that he got into today with Mark Potash was whether he feels like he's having a, a Pro Bowl caliber season. Aaron Rodgers sort of uh, teased this a little bit on Sunday afternoon, actually earlier in the week before they even played the Bears, and saying that he really believes that Jalen is one of the premier corners in this league that's high praise coming from a four-time MVP who has obviously uh over the last couple of years gotten to know who Jalen is as a player guarding Devontae Adams and 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 trying to, to find answers against him and, and so for Rodgers to say that it, it it brings up a topic right and so Jalen and Mark Potash went back and forth in terms of what is a Pro Bowl player are you a Pro Bowl player how do you sort of measure what your success is here's that exchange because it was pretty cool You've had a Pro Bowl season, and do you think it's difficult to get that recognition, A, when you don't have the picks, and B, when you're on a 3-10 and 10 team? I'm going to say no in the fact of I feel like Pro Bowl comes from popularity, um, and I feel like popularity comes from making highlight plays, and I, don't, I wouldn't feel that I've had enough highlight plays to be able to say, oh, like I'm a Pro Bowl caliber, or like I deserve a Pro Bowl. I think I'm a Pro Bowl caliber person or player, hell yeah. But I feel like it comes with, like you said, the picks. The picks I looked at as highlight plays. No matter if it's a tip pick, you were beat on a play, the dude falls to the ground, ball pops up, you get two or three of those. Oh, yeah, he's a good guy. He got three picks. Like, you were beat. But it's like, for me, it's like I haven't been in those predicaments. I haven't gotten any tip picks. I haven't got all those opportunities I feel like a lot of people get in the league. Um, And I feel like also, too, being on – in a sense of losing team, people all like look down on everything that you do individually. It's just kind of, oh, the Bears are just a shit show or the Bears are this, the Bears are that. So it's like it's hard to gain popularity votes when there's so much negativity surrounding from the outside in. Is there a measurement for your success? I mean, is there is there some is there a way to quantify what you've done? Because you don't get thrown at a lot and you know it's hard to, to get a lot of stats. But is there is there a way? Is there anything you use? I don't even know if you look at numbers. But is there anything you look at that quantifies and tells you what kind of year you've had? I'm gonna say the quote from Aaron Rodgers. I would say that's how I get. I take pride in stuff like that. I take pride in like I play the game with a lot of pride and respect. And I feel like getting the interceptions isn't the only way to impact the game. Isn't the only way to get respect. Isn't the only way to. Um, I would say be, like, as he said, a premier player at the end of the day. And I feel like your peers validate you, not not the media, not with the outside people looking in. I feel like at the end of the day, everybody goes into the game, and I feel like they, they respect me coming into that game, and they respect me leaving that game as well based on what I put on film, based on my 
abilities, but I feel like at the end of the day, it's not, to me, it's not about the popularity. It's about what my peers believe of me on my team and the receivers and quarterbacks and people on the offensive side that I play against. Good answer. I think it was a really good answer, Dan. I also find it interesting that Matt Eberflus didn't necessarily uh, play along. He said that you get to the Pro Bowl, you get that kind of recognition when you're on a good unit. Yeah. And when you have the stats to back it up, he didn't yeah. necessarily go out of his way to say Jalen Johnson is a pro bowler despite not having those things. He basically put the bar there and dared him to meet it probably. I, I agree with with both of what those guys said. I don't, I don't think Jalen has done enough production wise to to be uh, in that. Well, he's, he belongs in the conversation, but he doesn't belong in that fraternity just yet. And hopefully as the Bears get better, as Kyler Gordon gets better and more balls are thrown at Jalen Johnson because teams are afraid to throw at Kyler Gordon also, he gets some production. And then the pass rush gets better and more balls come out and he gets some production. And all those things go hand in hand and we'll see where they take it. One of the subtly funny moments of that soundbite that we just played was when Jalen Johnson said, oh, people look at it and say, oh, the Bears are a bleep show. You hear in the background really quickly. Okay, two more for Jalen. <laughs> like PR <laughs> Getting yeah. right to the cutting right to the chase and trying to get that thing over with as soon as possible before he said too much. Uh, I hope Jalen has a tremendous buy in Fresno, California, having daddy-daughter time as he said he was going to have, and he's one of those guys that has earned it through the work that he's put in this year. And thank you to Mark Potash from the Sun Times for providing those questions. I'm glad to see Potsy asking better questions at press conference than he does on Twitter. That is very good to see. So thank you. Great to Mark point. Potash. Great point, David. That's he's an avid listener to this podcast, so it's he will yeah. he will get the uh, he will get the passive aggressive uh, <laughs> advice there that we just gave him. We love we love Posse <laughs> on this podcast.